DMs. Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Halflings, do you wish you were holdlings? Then this is the podcast for you where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dun, dun. We're back, back, back again. What's up? What's Thank up, you. everybody? <laughs> Thank you for indulging my horrible introduction. Um, you were welcome. staring at me for like a solid 30 seconds. Just like, how do I start this episode? <laughs> what am I going to say? I'm, I'm glad. That's a, that was a great well, way to start it. Thank you. And you know, we're here now. It's a new day. It's a new week. Mm-hmm. and It's a new day. It's, it's no longer sub zero temperatures. Yeah, it's just like in Iowa, at least really close Maybe. to zero temperatures. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. And as of right now, as of mm-hmm. the time we're recording this, there are 140 followers on what? the Run Order Twitter account. <laughs> oh my God. O to the M to the God. Z, if you're polytheistic. That, yeah, my mom's going to appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome anna's mom we haven't talked about your mom in so long does she still listen yes she of course she listens she's whenever i tell i'm like oh I, there's a new episode out she's like i already know okay i subscribe <laughs> anna you can't do that voice that's offensive <laughs> my entire childhood was pissing off my mother by pretending to be her right back to her face okay she's like your room is disgusting and i'm like your room is disgusting all right i was a little shithead every kid did that but it's so much better with an indian accent exactly Would you agree exactly I, when i was uh studying abroad in, in law school one summer um one of my closest friends she's from the united states but um she she's indian american and uh uh she was like she was trying to like teach me how to do a good indian accent <laughs> and the word for whatever reason the word we we decided on was computer and i was like computer and she, it was like terrible <laughs> and and she's like why are you saying computer yeah That's why not are how you saying, saying it like that <laughs> computer i don't know i can't computer? computer we we pronounce all our letters all right <laughs> I I don't have anything against that. Or... I uh there I don't know if you know the comedian Russell Peters. I don't. Do you, no. Do you know? Okay. So well, no. he's he's an Indian Canadian comedian. He's you. He is Yeah, you. exactly. Exactly. He's the male version of me. I've always said this. Anyway, he has this hilarious bit where he talks Wait, and about And his name is Russell Peters. Yeah, it's but the whitest white name in the world. Whatever. You should hear how he does his dad's accent whenever he's in trouble and he's like, "Russell" Russell. <laughs> it's really fun. Anyway, Russell Peters has this bit about what he calls Indian Tourette's, which is like us westernized Indian kids just randomly have like an Indian accent that slips out with certain words. Mm. And he always describes this story about how he's in like Home Depot 
and he wants to like you know redo his room so he goes up to the guy and he's like can you tell me where i can find the paint <laughs> the guy's like what and he's like you know the paint and he's like why am i saying it like this i mean paint no way paint <laughs> oh my god do you have that I'm sure, yes, I absolutely 100% I've never heard. have, like, the random words that come out just super Indian. I've never heard that. I've <laughs> never heard it. I would love to hear it. I For me, it's, it's everyone's like, why don't you have, like, a New York Long Island accent? And I'm like, well, I, as soon as I went to college in upstate New York, it went away instantly. Um, because upstate New York, they don't really have accents. Hmm. And, um... And I don't know, I just haven't had one. But if I get really drunk or really angry, it comes out. Which, of course, are the best times to be talking like a New Yorker and just Mm -hmm. to, like, go into it. And, uh, yeah. And then when I go back home, is I I also – it also comes out when I hear – when I'm around it, because I go home and my mom, my mom's just like, Joseph, Long Island. And then I'm like, oi vey. All right. Joe, how long has it been since you've been home? Oh my god. Far too long. I have a Way niece that long. I've not met. Oh. She was And born... she's like named after you too. So. I know, right? <laughs> she was <laughs> so stupid. She was born a month ago, um a little over. Well, no, has no, it already a been ago. a month? It has. I know it's crazy. Whoa. She um and uh I probably won't get to meet her until this summer, maybe. Oh. Um which sucks, but um, is she and she's your first. You she, she made you an she, uncle for the first time. She yes. made me a gunkle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gunkle. Uh, um, so it's been a while. I was last home last Christmas, so not this past Christmas, but the Christmas Christmas twenty nineteen. Um, so I will say traveling to New York from iowa is a fucking hassle Mm. and because the we only have this okay this is not interesting but i'll be really quick we all we only have podcast we'll we only have want to we only have direct flights to laguardia you know not jfk i'm surprised you have direct flights i know you don't have to stop in chicago to get there's one a week yeah there's one a week it leaves on thursday and comes back on a tuesday i think um Otherwise, you have to make several connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a hassle to to travel to New York, especially during the holidays. So I'm thankful that I did not go this year because A, COVID, and B, COVID, and C, COVID starts with a C. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So uh, back to Twitter. We have a bunch of Twitter followers. We are almost at 150, which means we're almost at 200. That's how means, math works. Yep. You just put numbers in front of <laughs> we're numbers. almost at 1 million. We're almost, I mean, hey, it's all relative, <laughs> right? We are closer to 1 million than we are to 1 billion, right? Am you're right. right. Yeah. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this deck of many things sitting here. Michael is already getting ready to print to do the second printing. So there's Whoa. more in the works. Yes. Um, so if you want to be the winner of your very own deck of many things, then get all your friends to join, follow join us on Twitter twits. and then, right. And then, okay. That was weird. We, had, we don't we, call it twits, do we? <laughs> we don't call it twits. Name. <laughs> it's too, it's too similar to tits. And we had that conversation last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't go through that again. 
Um, so many people were like, oh my God, Anna, you've never heard of that phrase. And I was like, really? why are people you all that? suddenly Californian? But yeah. I'm, I'm more surprised people were listening to the podcast, quite frankly. <laughs> um. Actually, we had someone on Twitter who I've never even met, who is a yes. follower, who, who like responded to our posting about the episode and was like, mm-hmm. I've been using that phrase since high school or something like that. And I was like, yeah. wow, we have a we have a stranger that's a fan. <laughs> this is crazy. They probably know one of us somehow. We just don't know their Twitter handle. But if not, then yay. Then um, yay. Okay, so we really want to give away this deck. Um, who knows? Maybe at this rate we'll do a giveaway at 300, but maybe we'll do something different. Mm. Maybe we'll... I don't know. So if you want to find out what we do at 300, yes. get us to 200 first and right. then super exciting. Yep. Yeah. Also, guys, we need questions to answer. This court we really do. Without litigants, a court is just a bunch of unnecessarily educated douchebags. Mm-hmm. Need I say more? Mm-hmm. That's every court. So <laughs> <laughs> So you know, we need we need those those questions um yeah, we need it, it, those cues to give you our A's. All right, so. ma'am. You can, I don't. You can I don't give away my A. I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> I don't give away my A for free, Anna. Oh boy. All right. I I can't seem to give it away for free. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, you're welcome, audience. Um, uh, so, okay. We need questions. We want to resolve your issues. Come on, Twitter. We know you're out there. Come on, listeners. I want to challenge everyone. Like, even if you don't necessarily have a specific question, shoot us an email and say, hey, we like this about the podcast. We don't like this about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Here are some nudes. Whatever you want to <laughs> what? do. Wait, what? <laughs> what? What? Wait, what? What? <laughs> Whatever, whatever you want to tell us, um, just yeah, send us your nudes. Uh, Don't do that. Raw and order. D and N- D. Oh, oh at multiple gmail. Ds. Com. That's just, right. Just how but I you like asked it. for it, bud. So multiple D's and my A. Nope. <laughs> no. So sorry. So sorry. So, so this is getting I don't know dirtier. how we suddenly started talking about DP, but okay. <laughs> Let's go, I guess. DNDP? That's yep. a great that is a that is a great like uh porn concept, DNDP. Bards gone wild. <laughs> I'm so I, what sorry. what did we smoke before this episode? I'm not even gonna answer nope, that because nope. the nope. Okay. Nope. All right, we have our a, a very special guest, longtime player of D and D. Not really; she's played basically as long as I have, which is not super long. Heather, the one and only, is joining us. Um, and not only is she our first lady guest, she's also our first non-lawyer guest. So yay. I totally didn't even realize that. Yeah, we've only had men. Ugh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gross disgusting two thumbs down (laughs) well um i'm super thrilled to have heather here we've mentioned her in many episodes many and usually i'm i'm poking fun at her um but it's all in good fun uh so why don't we let's not delay any further let's just get into it let's do it yeah hey everyone it's justice anna here 
I am thrilled to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Game Masters Merchant. DMs, are you feeling strapped for ideas for your campaign? Are you looking for something to help bring the excitement of sessions gone by back to your table? If so, then you're really going to want to pick up the Deck of Many Things by Game Masters Merchant. The Deck of Many Things is beautifully crafted and an extraordinarily powerful set of cards set in the D&D universe that is sure to reinvigorate your players and take your campaign to the next level. The deck is printed on sturdy cardstock and features original artwork. The deck is available on Etsy, eBay, and will soon be available on Amazon. But wait, there's more! If you use the code RAW10 on Etsy, you can get 10% off your purchase. Did you hear me just now? 10%! Just use the code RAW10 on Etsy and you get 10% off until March 1st. Get these cards, breathe life into stale campaigns, and enjoy! The Game Master's Merchant, gmmerchant.com. Oh yay, the Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna, and visiting Associate Justice Heather of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and cancel their trips to Cancun, for the court is now sitting. Yay! (laughs) And such a perfect guest to have, because Heather's from Texas. Ah! (laughs) How's your... How's your, yeah, family? how's your family? Are, are they okay? Um, they were without power the last time I heard. I know that they got they get power back sporadically. Um, they started using their propane um, fireplace for the first time since they built the house twenty years ago. Oh man! <laughs> oh my god, that would terrify me. And they pulled out the old camping propane stove, which we probably also haven't used in twenty years, oh, and that's god. how they've been cooking. <laughs> Oh no! Oh well, I God. hope that. I mean, I think that this is this will be short yeah. a short term thing, um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that you know it, it doesn't get much worse. Yeah. So, and people of Texas are in our thoughts. It was kind definitely. of funny because my sister in law has been c- wanting to come up and visit so that they can see snow and bring all of my <laughs> no, nieces. <God. laughs> Which I thought was hilarious because we were trying to figure out if there'd be a time. I was like, well, March, there's probably still snow on the ground. And now they don't have to because they're like, we're good. That's so, oh my God. That's amazing. Also, fuck Ted Cruz. Yeah. So Heather, welcome to the show. Uh, Heather plays in two campaigns with both. uh, She plays in one campaign with Anna. Uh, and I as players, and then I DM two campaigns that Heather is in, yes. um, and uh, yeah, and Heather we also play in another game with you and I. Oh as my players. god, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that one. We haven't played it in a while. Though, we haven't played in a while, but we yeah. do play. I... Yeah, <laughs> in that game. Heather, do you, 50%. do you DM? I have never DM'd Dungeons and Dragons. I have run a Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah. And I've also run Weave games. Mm, yes. And you're excellent at both of those, especially Cthulhu. Oh, thank and you. I think if ever you get back into D- to D- uh, GMing Cthulhu, uh, let us know because I would love for Anna to To, to do some try Cthulhu. Yeah. I want to continue. I really yeah. want to continue that story. It's just I haven't had time. I know. I know. <laughs> well, 
we're so happy to have you here. Yes. Um, uh, do you want to, let's just start sort of uh, tell us, you know, how did you get into like D&D and tabletop games? Um, so I have followed Geek and Sundry probably mm-hmm. since its inception, which if nobody knows what that is, uh, you can look it up. But it was basically this company founded by Felicia Day. Um, that's all things geek. And I watched a lot of the shows that they produced. And um, Will Wheaton did a show called um, Tabletop and did a lot of tabletop games. And I realized at that time that I played a lot of them throughout college, just like normal tabletop games, like, you know, Settlers of Catan or like, you know, those more Mm -hmm. complex Mm -hmm. board games. Um, And then through that, I started watching random videos and I came upon Critical Role, just like stumbled upon it. (laughs) And I started watching and I continued watching and I really got into it in grad school because I would watch old episodes while I was because so I have my master of fine arts in costume design. Mm-hmm. So I would watch games while I would be sketching or doing research or um, any of those things that it doesn't take as much of my brain. Right. So I could sure. still follow yeah. along. You like zone out a little bit. Yeah. But I still remember because I was living in Connecticut at the time, I would watch live, which means I would be watching at 10 o'clock. Oh my god. Till 2 a.m. <laughs> While in grad school, I was not making the best of choices. <laughs> but I remember like laying on the floor in my apartment crying while watching them play. It was like one of the later episodes and I'm like, how have I never played this? I love storytelling. It's what I do as part of my job. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Iowa, I started looking into D&D groups like through Meetup and trying to find people to play with because I've always wanted to play. I just never had the right group of geeky enough friends <laughs> to play with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I found people through Meetup and found a D&D group. And then through those people, found the people I really enjoyed playing with and clicked with because part of it is it's kind of like dating. You have to kind of find the yeah. people that play the way you want to play. Um, Because not everyone wants to play with a lot of RP or Mm -hmm. wants to do accents or cares about the story and like character growth. Um, So then I found the group and then Joe. She means me. She means me. (laughs) I found Joe. I'm the one that she she plays with me too. Okay. (laughs) I found Joe and then he's just put me into a lot of things and we now are, I'm in so many campaigns. I have so many characters. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Awesome. Uh, and uh, speaking of your job and like what you study, so so what do you do? You're not an attorney. You are our first, our first guest who is a woman and who is not an attorney. Mm-hmm. Yay! I'm like the exact opposite of an attorney. <laughs> um, well, good for you. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so I have my Master of Fine Arts in costume design. I work at Simpson College in the theater department. I teach theater. I run the costume shop. I design costumes for shows. Um, I also work for Des Moines Metro Opera as their costume supervisor, which is a local um, summer opera festival that's really considered one of the top three opera festivals in the country. And so I work for them as well. Um, And I've been working professionally in theater. Oh, 10 years. Oh, good gravy. I think it's been 10 years. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Yeah. 
So storytelling and character development is totally my jam. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it and it shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Um, so the court is going to hear two cases today. Um, the first case is, uh, I should preface this by saying, our two cases today are about rangers and mm -hmm. specifically about the favored foe ability which was introduced in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Um, so the first question is, can you concentrate on favored foe and a spell at the same time? Anna, what are your thoughts on this? So, so Heather indicated she doesn't know a ton about favored foe. So I thought that for the group, our listeners... Sure. Should we read um, it? Okay. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to read it. Which Okay, yeah. so it replaces the favored enemy feature for rangers... And it states, when you hit a creature with an attack roll, you can call on your mystical bond with nature to mark the target as your favored enemy for one minute or until you lose your concentration, as if you were concentrating on a spell. So the fact that it says in parentheses, as if you were concentrating on a spell, would give away to me that it is the equivalent of concentrating on a, on a spell, so that if you're concentrating on favored foe, you can't be concentrating on another concentration spell. This was confirmed actually in a tweet by Jeremy Crawford. It was, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't do both. So raw, I guess that's, <laughs> well, that's the question answered. <laughs> well, but I mean, to be fair, rules has written, this isn't a spell, right? I right. mean, concentration. I think that's Jeremy Crawford covering his ass a bit mm. honestly um i mean rules as written concentration applies to spells and applies to holding spells so if you are holding um a spell like as your action to release it um then you then you actually have to concentrate on holding it even if the spell's casting time is one action um because the act of holding a spell it, it requires concentration but i mean I don't know. I, I kind of want to let a ranger do that. I know. Mostly because I think rangers are really underpowered. Mm. Um, they, they're they're overpowered at low levels, especially if you're using the Unearthed Arcana Revised Ranger. But at higher levels, they just don't have the same like huge sort of uh, uh, advancements like a lot of the other classes have. Does... How does um like hex or hunter's mark? How do those work? Because I feel like is are those a similar concept or is it? Yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm I'm so confused as to why they introduced this. It's like the the one of the great things about getting to play a ranger is at second level you get hunter's mark. It's a great spell. It functions just like hex. They're both concentration spells. Um. So why? I, I feel like Tasha's did this in a number of ways. We mentioned last episode with the Peace Cleric getting that uh, that ability to basically cast like a 10 minute long bless, bless. plus guidance. <laughs> right. On up to, I mean, at high levels, up to six people. Uh, that's fucking crazy. Why would you? That's like casting bless and guidance together 10 times in a row. Uh, I, I'm not sure why that they've decided to like introduce so many features that replace spells because i always kind of thought that was the cool thing about these abilities is that they didn't do the same thing as spells mm -hmm. but they did um yeah i don't i don't necessarily know what the what what the purpose was except to change things up a little bit but hunter's mark is a concentration spell right so you couldn't 
what Jeremy is saying is you can't cast Hunter's Mark and also use this favored foe or, uh, yeah, favored foe ability. So what is favored enemy and how is this actually replacing it then? Because I thought favored enemy was more about getting advantage on a particular type of enemy. So I think that so it had nothing to like- do is is much broader right than favored enemy because i think you have to pre-choose in favored enemy if i'm remembering correctly you have to like name oh like uh, my enemies are giants so anytime right. i see a giant it's going to be advantage against them and this guy right. in, in this feature you're just like that guy favored and foe it, Let's it feels go. <laughs> much more like hunter's mark or hex where mm-hmm. you're like this specific person and then i get this benefit that's why i'm confused as to why it would replace favored enemy Mm-hmm. So you don't have advantage on attack rolls against them. Uh, you have advantage on survival checks to track them uh, oh. and intelligence checks to recall information about them. Okay. Um, you so also this learn is a much language. <laughs> well, but but in the revised Ranger, uh, which I have to now pull up. I went and grabbed my player's handbook and my Tasha because I knew that I'd have to read stuff. <laughs> I know nothing about Rangers. Yeah, I've never played one, so I don't know anything about Rangers either. So it, with with the Unearthed Arcana, this is so much better. So um, uh, you pick a type of enemy, but you get a plus two bonus to damage rolls, um, which is an, in addition to all the other features of the favorite enemy listed in the player's handbook. So you would get a plus two to damage. And then at fifth level or sixth level, you would get greater favorite enemy, which gives you a plus four. Um, you, you can pick a second favorite enemy um, of, of, of even like greater types, like mm. celestials and dragons and elementals. Um, you gain all the same benefits as favorite enemy, but your bonus to damage is plus four. Um, and in addition, you have advantage on saving throws against the spells and abilities used by a greater favored enemy. Because um, favored enemy reads to me more like a really good character building thing. I'm going to write character a lot. Like it's <laughs> this idea that like you pick some type of enemy and mm-hmm. there you then get to figure out the whole backstory as to why they're your favorite enemy. Do they mm-hmm. kill your family? Did exactly. you know they destroy something you loved? And then it makes sense as to why you get all these features because you would know so much about them because you've like right. researched about them all the time. And so you really understand this enemy versus favored foe just feels like Hunter's Mark or Hex. Like, yeah, it doesn't. But 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 like kind of lame. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's right. It's like, why? Why would you use that feature lower than like what level? When does it level up in power? like level six or seven, like why yeah, would you use six. that? Why would you not just use Hunter's Mark? And I guess the, the trade-off is, well, if you run out of spell slots, you could use favored foe, but I don't know. It just seems I would rather for Hunter's Mark get all the benefits that Hunter's Mark has, which is you, uh, oh, I don't have the spell pulled up, but you like um, can, you have advantage, I think on um, checks to track, to track them uh, as long as they're marked. And it lasts for an hour. Yeah, that's pretty uh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so so if the foe dies, you can mark a new foe, um, or the creature rather. So I mean, we just <laughs> I love how we we started this with, can you do this? Can you and concentrate it into, on two things at the same time. Right, and now we're like, fuck, favorite foe, <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really confused as to why I was really expecting Intasha's for them to adopt revised ranger, um. And they didn't. And that sucks. Revised Ranger, those things they get at first level, holy shit. 
advantage on initiative checks. Um, uh, uh, the difficult terrain doesn't slow you down. Like all of these things uh, are awesome. And they honestly, they really balanced out Rangers. Now, some would argue that revised Rangers became too powerful, hmm. but I don't think that's the case. And I think there are at least ways that your DM could help curb you be becoming too powerful. Sure. Yeah. That would be. Fair. I just feel like if I were to play a ranger, I would not choose the favored foe feature over the favored enemy feature. Right. Well, and that's the other question I had: Is it optional, or does like, it? C- could you pick which ones you want? <laughs> I know that I had a conversation um, with Clint when with Astra because, um, so the character I play in that campaign is a star druid, which was unearthed Arcana, but mm-hmm. became part of it's in tasha but and they changed some things so we talked about do i keep the unearthed arcana version or do i switch to the features as they're laid out in tasha and for the most part we switched over to tasha because they actually streamlined and made things make a bit more sense Mm -hmm. but it was a conversation because i had started playing with a different set of features and specifications Mm -hmm. yeah but so dm discretion yeah i mean (laughs) i mean i I don't know. I I think that this that favored foe is dumb. <laughs> That's my official ruling. Wow. Okay. So I, I'm pretty sure that other Joe, our our favorite other Joe in the universe, uh, mm-hmm. has favored foe in Icewind Dale <laughs> as a ranger. Does and he? he was and he was like really excited about it because he and I talked about what his favorite enemy was going to be, and then he was like, "Never mind. I'm going to take favored foe." So I just don't. I just think. I mean, okay, as a second level ranger, you get, what, two first level spell slots, you get three at third level, and you get four at fifth level plus two second level spell slots. So by fifth level, which, you know, it's not going to take you that long to reach in game, you are, you you could cast Hunter's Mark six times, which, and like, granted, there are other spells, but Hunter's Mark is the best one. Come on. That <laughs> and Pass Without Trace is really all you need as a ranger through level five. So you can cast it six times. Like, when are you, are you ever going to have, I I say this, oh my God, I just realized what I was about to say. When are you ever going to have six combats in a row without a long rest? And mm-hmm. Anna's, Anna's literally, <laughs> we're literally playing in a game right now where I'm doing that to them. But yeah. granted, um, still, like, that's a very rare circumstance. If you're diving through a dungeon or whatever, you know, I don't know. I just think that you would be able to get a long rest between those big combats. And it's not something that I think would hold you back. And so I would just use Hunter's Mark. I don't know. I I think it's boring. I would prefer probably favorite enemy just because of the character building, the storytelling you can do with that. Absolutely. Even if like, you know, my DM wanted me to use favorite foe as, you know, because it's the new feature and I can't swap them out. Fine, DM. (laughs) I would still probably do a lot of the things that favorite enemies suggest because it just helps you build such a backstory. It it gives you all the things to create a really Mm -hmm. complex backstory, um, which sometimes people struggle with. And it just hands it to you. Absolutely. I So, yeah, I, I think technically, no, you can't concentrate on both because I guess Jeremy Crawford said so. Yeah, Gavel Gavel says, yeah, moving Gavel on. Gavel, <laughs> moving on. Um, okay, well, this naturally leads us into our second case. Uh, oh, I, I noticed I, did, I didn't give a, a title to the first case, so it's going to be DM versus Ranger. It one. sounds more like Joe versus Favorite Foe, but... <laughs> 
here's what I'm going to say. We'll, we'll split the baby. We'll say in Ray favored foe one and in Ray favored foe two. There you go. Those are our two uh, cases. So now case Since number two. Joe just murdered favored foe in our first case. I'm going to call the second case in the estate of favored foe. <laughs> Sorry, that's a lame lawyer joke. It means like the estate of a dead person. Okay, that's great. Anna, you're brilliant. So, <laughs> so okay. The the second issue: Can you get this damage from favored foe on any type of attack, such as a cantrip or a spell attack, or is it just limited to weapon attacks? Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Well, it specifically says when you hit a creature with an attack roll. So I think it would have to be a spell or cantrip that requires you to make an attack roll, right? It's sure, not right. a saving throw. Right. Right. And notably, rangers don't get, unless they take a feat or unless they use one of the uh, alternative um, uh, fighting styles like that gives them access to cantrips, rangers don't get cantrips. So uh, they wouldn't use cantrip attacks. But they could use... Right, multi-classing, they could spell use spell attacks later on. Um, but we can agree, yeah. though, that the way it reads, it is not restricted to just weapon attacks. No, I don't yeah, think I don't so. Think I mean, so. I, I don't I don't think that was the intent. Well, is this a question? Did Joe ask you these questions? And he's no. like, hey, you guys should answer these on the <laughs> No, the internet did. And I was like, this looks interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm trying to think now. I mean, I... Okay, but now I want to look at Hunter's Mark because I want to know if Hunter's Mark is limited to just weapon attacks. Because oh. if not, then Hunter's Mark. Yes, it is actually... limited. It is limited. Okay. Oh, so this would be better than. Whenever Hunter's you Mark. hit it with a weapon attack, you have advantage on any whatever, whatever. Wait. Yeah. 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 You deal an extra 1d6 damage to the target whenever you hit it with a weapon attack. So it is restricted. Yeah. I. Uh, I, I mean, that's kind of, that's a benefit. That's kind of cool. It's are just that as a ranger, as a ranger, when are you going to use that though? Right? Like, like if you're a ranger, you're attacking with your weapons. That's what, that's the meat and potatoes of rangers. They're a martial class. Uh, but I, I think that Heather's style. point is right. What if you multi-class and you're really magic-y too? Oh, sure. But I think that like other multi-classes like Hex would be better in my opinion. And you get it at first level as opposed to having to multi-class two levels of ranger. Oh no. Well, I guess favored foe would be first level. You really hate this. <laughs> I just I'm think... now tempted to play a ranger. In the next, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The next we're doing campaign. it. Heather. You and I, I we're, we're both playing I... rangers. Joe's going to have to DM us. Listen, it's be I an love... all ranger. Just I all love rangers. Party. You've both played in a game with me where I played a ranger. I was mm -hmm. a ranger in Clint's one shot and in Joe's one shot. Uh, you were ranger and, uh, Joe. Yeah, well, that wasn't my name. But um, <laughs> oh, I, I love rangers. Has no one watched Full House? Of course I have. Yes. Yeah, I got you, the reference. Your, your it just wasn't yeah, okay. worth responding to. jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just think that the player's handbook ranger is so underpowered and Tasha's didn't really do too much to help it out. And like, I would just let a player use unearthed arcana ranger cause it's way better. So cool. I guess our ruling is that, yeah, you could totally use this with do whatever you want attacks as long as, as long as it requires an attack roll. So, which right. I feel like a hand, great 
a great handful of cantrips tends to be saving throws. Right. Yeah. They're kind of like 50-50 depending and not all of them are are as good, but I don't know. Cantrips are, I love cantrips. We could do mm-hmm. a whole thing on cantrips. Um, okay. Well, gavel, gavel. I don't have it here. Uh, it's behind <laughs> me and I don't feel like getting it. Um, but uh, those are our cases for today. Again, um, I'm just going to repeat. If any of you out there have questions that you want us to rule on, please, please, please. We would love to hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So please reach out to us. Okay. So now we're going to, mosey on over to and that's right the justice lounge is what i'm calling it <laughs> where we sit back have a drink you know just kick off our shoes and chit chat mm-hmm. you know just the girls take off the robes and the wigs mm-hmm. and but just, keep on everything just else chill and just just hang all right so this first discussion topic actually comes from our guest heather um so the question is is there such a thing as too much role-playing for example we all have sat at the table with for better or for worse the player that says well my character wouldn't do this so i'm not going to do it and then something terrible (laughs) happens to the whole party um heather what is what was your uh your your impetus for asking this question and what are your thoughts on this so my question is kind of twofold so the first part of it is just the idea of RPing too much at the table. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, if like RPing a whole conversation or mm. um, a whole evening of events or um, like not doing a kind of more summary of what the conversation is, but actually having the conversation. I think at one point in a game we played recently, Joe, I was like, do I have to RP this entire conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I was playing a very uh, charismatic. I woman. made you do it because you specifically used the sky self to turn into a prostitute. I was not a prostitute. <laughs> or oh, okay, a lady to turn of into the night? a John, a potential oh. a lady of the night. Okay, uh, we're upscale here at the <laughs> at the shitty bar that you were at. Um, <laughs> Because uh, you specifically wanted to do this, and I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm going to force you and the other person who had never mm-hmm. played D D before this campaign, oh lord, to totally be prostitutes, and it was great. I have no regrets. <laughs> I mean, it was great, but I do remember at one point being like, I don't know what else to say because, <laughs> like, I'm not that person, right? And so I don't. I mean, I can improvise only so well and kind of come up with like witty repartee, only so much, and then I run out, mm-hmm. and so like. And I don't know also from a DM or other player's perspective, if, you know, do you ever get tired if someone at the table is RPing something too much? So that's kind of one part of it. And the other part of it is the idea of people making kind of specific choices that aren't great to the party because Mm -hmm. it's quote unquote what their character would do. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like those two separate things, which kind of, I think, could intertwine because some people you know could say that it's what my character would do and i'm our you know i'm very role-playing heavy and i'm like well or are you just being a jerk (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah okay so i struggle to say that you can rp too much because i love rping so much but yeah there's definitely uh you know one of the things that really bothers me which i'm sorry if any of the people that i play with do this and it's it's just something that's come to my mind just now is that when you have like a conversation with the dm and the dm like reveals some information to you 
and then the character comes back and instead of just saying like and then i i relay all that information to the rest of the group they're like this is what they said blah 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 verbatim (laughs) and i'm like you know we were here right like i know we're pretending we weren't but i was actually here (laughs) i heard all of that (laughs) so yeah and i feel like that's just like a delay in like furthering the narrative when you're just repeating whatever i just heard the dm tell you um that doesn't happen very often i feel like most of the time we're just like okay i'm gonna tell that to the group whatever moving on um and i i would definitely err on the side of like more rping than less rping because mm-hmm. i feel like that's Definitely. that's the most fun part of D for me anyway i love combat i do but i really really enjoy the rp um as far as the this is what my character would do i actually have a perfect example of this i i thought of a story when we decided this was going to be our topic of the day mm-hmm. um so the the campaign i'm in where joe is the dm um the his Gydra campaign. We are in Gorewatch fighting for twelve straight battles or whatever. He's gonna make there us are do breaks. Whatever. Oh my god, there are breaks. Whatever. <laughs> You're it's about terrible. to get a short it's rest. Terrifying. Relax. It's exhausting. I'm tired for my character. <laughs> like she's so tired right now. Anyway, um, the point of going to Gorewatch uh, was because my character's sister is like really really sick, and there mm-hmm. is a cleric or something that's in Gore Watch that everyone's like, this is the only person that can save your sister. And I find this out. And then we spent like an entire day in the city where my sister is mm-hmm. before we left for Gore Watch. And I was like, you know, my character, I honestly believe she would have just like walked right out of the gate and gone to find this guy. Like she would <laughs> not have waited for her group. She ain't mm-hmm. going shopping to buy like plus one weapons or whatever shit yeah. we did over there. She's yeah. like bouncing. She's going to walk out these gates and go find the guy. And I I had private message Joe to be like, what's going to happen to our narrative if I do this? Yeah. And, and he was like, listen, like, I'm not going to control your actions. I'm not going to force the group to stay together. These are your choices. You do what you want to do and what you think your character would do. But then he told me, you know, it will affect the narrative because there's a lot of like plot that's going to happen if you guys go together and if you guys are together when you're in Gorewatch. So I made the decision to like not sneak out in the middle of the night or whatever I was planning on doing as my character and leaving my friends behind because I'm so desperate to like cure my sister and just just be like, okay, this is just a game. I know Joe isn't going to kill my pretend sister before we return with this guy. Oh, will I? Is he? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yeah, I I feel like in that situation, it, it would have been shitty of me to be like, I know that my character really would have just like, gotten the hell out of that and gone immediately to find this cleric that can save her sister Mm -hmm. but i wanted the group to have the like narrative that joe had planned for us so i stayed put until we all left and i feel like that's just an example of like you can't you can't always just be like what would my character do Mm -hmm. well because it's not just like it is a role-playing game but it's also a collaborative storytelling game exactly and i feel like a lot of people forget that second half Mm -hmm. that it is Mm -hmm. collaborative storytelling and if they are so focused on their character and their character story and ignoring the rest of their teammates and um you know the other people at the table 
it can become very of a selfish mission. And then like, it's not fun anymore. Because now you're playing someone who is so absorbed, you know, with their personal characters growth or whatever. And some of that's important. And sometimes depending on the campaign in the DM, there are maybe moments where things are more focused on your character, and specific things about your character. But Mm -hmm. I do think that sometimes people forget the collaborative nature of it. Yeah, I definitely think that there are there are examples where both choices could be the, you know, the best option for purposes of furthering the game. Um, You know, Anna had had Iso decided to, who's your character, decided Mm -hmm. to leave. Do you think she would have fared well? She would have come (laughs) upon that battle at the same exact time. Um, You know, that's how it would have worked out. Do you think she'd be alive right now? Probably not. Probably Um, not. No. So, you know, like I, I'm all for like, if, you know, similar to how Scanlan in uh, campaign one of Critical Role, he uh, left for a while and Sam came in with this beautiful character, Tyrion, who I just love because um, uh, his character had this th- this he, he had this uh, this moment where he found out he had a daughter. Sorry, spoilers for campaign one. It's been years. <laughs> Suck it up. Um <laughs> he found out he had a daughter. He wanted to Bruce go. Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, he wanted to go like explore that and let his character develop and become more complex. Like that's great. If, if at some point either of your characters decided, Hey, I want to take a break with this character. I don't want to give them up for good. Maybe. Um, but I, I want them to go on this journey on their own and I want to try something else. I would like, that is something that we can absolutely do. I think in that specific, specific circumstance though, with Esau, I was just like, Oh, you don't know what I have planned. And that's <laughs> going to be bad. Um, I mean, away, I would have assumed that the group would have woken up the next day and been like, shit, Esau left. Let's go after her. But right, I definitely exactly. would have died. <laughs> <laughs> it would not have been great right yeah. um so but like there's you know there's a happy medium right like maybe you could have done this thing where like isa like gets up in the middle of the night and like starts walking to the forest and then stops and turns back and that's sort of like a medium where it's like she knows what she has to do and she doesn't want to wait but she knows it's reckless to to go without to her friends. go without them yeah right so I'll remember I, that next time well, yeah and did you did you try to have any kind of Obviously, I'm not in that Gaidra campaign. I'm in a different <laughs> one. Um, did you try to talk to everybody else about like the urgency that she was feeling? Or yeah, I, I think I expressed like we gotta go, we gotta get going. And then I know that the day that we had planned on leaving, I wake everyone up at like four in the morning, and I'm like, time to go, gang. <laughs> so... <laughs> exactly. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So I think that. <sighs> RPing too much. I mean, obviously the the examples you both provided are are excellent, and I agree. Like you don't have to RP every single little thing. If there's a character that I as the DM will really want you to meet because I think they're fun, if mm-hmm. if they have something to provide to the story in some way, like yeah, I'm gonna RP that encounter. Um, if if it's something where it's like a character's just like, oh, can I? I forgot. Can I buy a rope? I'm not going to be like, yep. Okay. So you head into the training shop on your way, <laughs> on your way out to go on this, this adventure. Um, no, we'll just say, yeah, you're able to pick it up for five silver or whatever it is. And I let you guys, and I do that. Yeah. I try and do that as much as possible. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. But I, that being said, like the, the, the sessions where we have like just RP are phenomenal. So I mean, fun. Yeah. Th- those are some of my favorite sessions. So I'm not mad at that. Like, no, 
I love combat too. Um, I love all parts of the game equally, but there's something to be said for those really deep character dives, especially when, you know, when I'm the player and the DM has something in store for me that I don't know what it is. And it's like, holy fuck, like what's going to happen to me in this game. Right. So 100% love role-playing, obviously with respect to the second question, my very first time ever playing D and D it was actually, I was, I was sitting in at a table. This was at Adam's house, Heather. Um, <clears throat> I was sitting in at a table. They had invited me, same same uh, uh, meetup group that Heather was in, um, and, and it was my first time ever meeting these people. They're like, "Hey, why don't you come and like watch our game, see if you like D and D?" And I was like, "Great, this sounds great." And and I went, and everyone was nice. And um, the DM, uh, they were playing. Uh, oh, what's the uh, Strahd, Curse of Strahd. Uh, and, but it was, there were some homebrew elements to it. So they were on this homebrew side quest of Strahd and we were, the party was like descending over the hill and about to, um, get into this big combat with one of the, one of the characters who previously left the group and they let me role play as this character's wolf. Uh, because this character like had a pet wolf and they're like, Oh, cause they felt bad just having me sit at the table. And I was like, Oh, I'd, I'd love to. Sure. So I played as this, this character's wolf. So we, we crest over the hill and start walking down and we see this character and I'm, and, and so everyone's like, what do you do? And I'm just like, you know, to the DMs like, what do you do to everyone? And I'm just like, I feel like if that's my master and he's been gone for this time and he looks like he's in danger, I'm going to fucking book it. So we, we rolled initiative before I did that. We rolled initiative and that's what my character did. Granted, I think I lived because they didn't want to kill me in my first game, (laughs) but like, uh, yeah, I, I ran like, it was this super RP heavy thing that was probably pretty reckless, but I also realized I'm playing a fucking wolf. I don't care if this thing dies. So (laughs) I, I ran into the middle of this really dangerous, like summoning circle. Uh, so I, I love those moments where it's like, yeah, my character wouldn't or would do this. The problem is using your discretion and being being fair. Like, you know, like you said, Anna, you don't want to disrupt something. You don't want to, like, throw a wrench into the, the whole right. game just because it's what your character would do necessarily. But if there are ways to flavor your character's actions such that they could be more meaningful. um and yeah, maybe you don't always take the most optimal approach. That's okay. I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, because as people, we don't always right. choose the best thing to do <laughs> because we don't have like the like the one benefit of D and D is that you have a bigger overview of what's happening. Right? You have yes. a better understanding of what the outcome of something might be mm-hmm. if you make you know certain choices. Whereas you know, in life, we don't have that. And so sometimes you will make a choice that make, seems right in the moment. And then you realize, oh, uh, that was, you know, not the best. Yeah. I mean, I and I, I did ask this question, not because I think, you know, we RP too much, because I obviously <laughs> love RP. <laughs> I is was it, just curious. <laughs> is is it because whenever we're playing in uh, Yawning Portal, and we're like, oh, Astrid, do you have this spell? And you're like, well, no, because it doesn't have stars in it. And like, she wouldn't, <laughs> she wouldn't prepare that spell. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, okay, Astra. <laughs> I, I could not wait to bring that up. I was like, oh, Heather, you want to talk about this issue? Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> so I, 
I do. I deep dive into my characters. I think really <laughs> deeply about them. Like the fact that all of Astra's wild shape, she's a druid, are only constellations. Mm-hmm. She will only change into animals that are also a constellation. Like, that is how far I go. <laughs> oh my god. Like, all of the spells have to be a particular kind of damage. Like, she has nothing fire related. It's all, like, you know, right. cold. And, 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 like, I do yeah. that with all my characters. Anyone that has spells, I do definitely. Unless I know that a specific spell exists. And I think I've done this before where I think in, um, I knew that Remove Curse mm-hmm. existed. But I had never prepared it. It was never in my like my top spells to potentially use in a day. So I RP'd praying to my god to find a way to help my teammate who had a cursed sword attached to their hand. <laughs> <laughs> and so my god granted me the knowledge of remove curse because even though like i don't necessarily have to learn spells that way like a wizard does i wanted to rp a reason why she would know it because otherwise it just didn't make yeah. sense because mm-hmm. that is how i play i, I love the commitment man <laughs> no and I'm i all think about it right no but that's great and i think and another example using Rasika, your character in the other gaja campaign heather um is at the beginning before the the campaign even started you were a level one uh, tempest cleric and you asked hey instead of sacred flame having the effect of being fire could we pretend that it shoots like a lightning bolt and i was like absolutely the damage will still be radiant damage it'll still have the exact same effect but you can flavor it however you want and that's a really great way hint hint if there's a druid spell you like just ask clint if you can flavor it or something else (laughs) oh Um, i haven't even thought of that (laughs) yeah like it's like flaming sphere right instead of it being a fireball it's this glowing star star orb yeah stars are actually flaming Um, spheres right so (laughs) yeah they're masses of incandescent plasma but now yeah that's called sacred storm now every time i cast that it's sacred storm instead of sacred flame yeah and i love it um yeah and your your sacred weapon is a is (laughs) is an angry storm cloud (laughs) and it's adorable um, and he levels up like a Pokemon every time you cast it two levels higher than level two. Uh, I love it. I mean, like those those things are really great ways to get around the the this is what this is how my character would do X Y Z in a way that is like really flavorful mm-hmm. and like super fun. So I encourage that shit honestly. Like Anna, like you said, like I would rather err on the side of too much RP and doing too right. much of that stuff than too little. And as a player, I am a little self-conscious of it because I try not to do too much. And I'm sorry because both of you play with me in different games. Except like, sorry both of us I, are also like do too much. heavy RPers. Yeah. So we're right I there. Mean, <laughs> I, I have definitely sometimes been worried that I'm like taking too much of the spotlight or yeah. like taking too long to do something. And I, I definitely like I'll try to give like I with Clint, because I really wanted to get this um, magic tattoo for Astra, my star druid. And I'm like, we don't necessarily have to RP it um, because it's kind of more of a mechanical thing that I want for her, Mm -hmm. even though in the game she really wanted a tattoo, but I wanted it to get attached to this magic tattoo ability um, because she does not live very well. So I thought life well (laughs) makes sense for her. She doesn't think before she acts, and so she tends to get squished. She, she sure does just, just like 
rampant touching of things oh with yeah no concern <laughs> of whether they're cursed or anything yeah. or nothing nope. yeah like... we're walking down a dungeon hall what's <laughs> astra doing she's there molesting the wall of the dungeon oh tell me your secrets but i love I it it's great i, love I mean what other character have i played with that has done that and done so i mean i i make pretty yeah. unique characters you know they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty good <laughs> uh, but it's um, i mean I, it, I think it all comes back, you know, from my theater background in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, like how I think about characters mm-hmm. and how, because I, I think part of my reason of asking also about the, it's what my character would do is oftentimes I don't think it's true. If you're actually to think about that mm-hmm. character's motivation and their background, I think a lot of times it's the person thinking because they're doing metagaming true. and it's not actually what that character would do. I think that's a great point. And I mean, here's the deal. I am not a min-maxer when it comes to making my characters. Tell me what that means. Um, I've heard I've heard that phrase before. Oh, so it means like if you're using the point by system, um, you give like three stats 16 or 15 and three ah. stats 8. So you maximize like certain things you're good at and completely minimize other things. And for certain classes, honestly, like barbarians, it's hard mm. not to do that. But, um, but for all of my characters, I don't. I purposefully don't because I want them to have unique, you know, sort of differences so umbra who is my uh you know my rogue warlock has you know like a 12 constitution and a 12 wisdom like yeah i could have bumped other things to be higher but i didn't want to i wanted her to have a little bit more depth um and so i think that that your character you know i don't need to <laughs> it's the idea that. that like some people don't really understand you want how a well-rounded person right to and play. some some right. people don't know how to really think about, okay, so if my character grew up this way, how would they really have functioned as an right. adult? And is my character really a coward or am I as a player too afraid to put my character in that situation because I don't want them to die? Right. Sure. I, and I, I think that what you said at the beginning, which is that we tend to forget this is a collaborative game is like really, really important here because we play with characters that are like, recluse you know and they're like antisocial and i'm like so in reality your character would not have joined four other people <laughs> exactly. in a mission exactly. whatever whatever you would have been like fuck you guys i hate strangers bye <laughs> exactly. and then fucked off so yeah there's a little bit where you're where you you can't be so tied to what your character would do and now heather's cat is in play and i'm loving it <laughs> he woke up and he's pacing around because he's like mom where are you mom little muffin um yeah no i i i mean look all three of us are when it comes to role playing like yeah we we're super heavy role players and i love it so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna change how i play my characters in D D, and i hope that other people enjoy my characters right like that's the other fear is you don't want to do something that is where you're playing in such a way that you're you're overshadowing so if from theater right the concept of showboating i always try to be really conscious and like i will hold myself back from doing certain things and saying things because i don't want to come across like that and i don't want to take other people's spotlight right it's a collaborative game like you said the amount of things astra would be touching if she really touched all the (laughs) things she wanted to touch like yomga oh yeah (laughs) i don't our cleric for those who are and listening. astra is not umbra <laughs> <laughs> this is true 
Yeah, she's not nearly as as horny. Nope. Um, as oh, who is? Yeah, seriously. I, is Honestly, Astra might have collected girl. more like sentient um, objects. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. you know, I probably Astra probably would have pushed more to take Tabley out of that dungeon, which I think we met Tabley before mm. you joined us, Anna. <laughs> It was an animated, it was an animated table, table. And it was great. <laughs> How do you carry yeah. the table around with oh, you? Oh, no, no. It was going to be like our pack mule and be like, <laughs> carry stuff for us. Mm-hmm. He was really nice. You could ride yeah. on it. Yeah. I yeah. cuddled with him. He tried to kill us. <laughs> Until I talked to him. He was did, did Umbra nice. just like take out an axe and just chop him up into little pieces? Because that's what Umbra does. What I just well, like murder all the things say. that Astra wants to be friends with. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's what I will say, and I blame Clint for this. And I think it's because of Umber's patron, because she's also a warlock. But creatures and animals do not like her. And I'm very offended because she's a tabaxi. And she is she is basically one with them. <laughs> and that is rude. That is all I will say. Um, they all like Astra. Anyway. Everyone does. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, she is a druid. She is. so <laughs> She's kind of a weird druid, but she is a druid. <laughs> Everyone but those halflings we just met love Jin. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because Jin's racist. Just against, against halflings. halflings, he loves everyone else. <laughs> uh, well, I I think that's a great topic. Yeah, and uh, I hope yeah I hope that people uh, if you have thoughts, hey, share them with mm-hmm. us on Twitter. We want to hear from you guys. I'd um, love to hear from yeah. other DMs too. Like how, yeah, if they feel like RPing gets away from them at the table, how they try to help that. Because I feel like all of our DMs, meaning Joe and Clint, do a pretty good <laughs> job <laughs> of like keeping us like, you know, moving forward in some kind of momentum. So we're not just stuck, you know, in a singular moment RPing um, and moving that forward. But yeah, I could see right. how some DMs might struggle with that. Oh, yeah. That's a hu- especially for new yeah. DMs. Maybe we should have uh maybe we should have like raw school for dm yeah i thought that's what we're gonna do it's gonna be like the graduate program (gasps) (gasps) love it that totally makes sense love it you should give them like trouble cases that they have to like give them a bunch of our peers (laughs) and they have to like manage the table we don't want to fight we just want to rp (laughs) we just want to sit and drink all day (laughs) we're never leaving this cabin where we all met each other i'm about to start the adventure there's a goblin i I go up to it and try and shake its hand. Excuse me, sir. Uh, no, you have to fight it. No, I no. just want to shake its hand. We just want to be friends with everybody. <laughs> well, Heather, Justice, visiting Justice Heather, thank you so much for joining us. This was mm-hmm. a blast. Thank you for having uh, me. You'll have to come back. Of course, you'll have to come back sometime and we'll uh, we'll, we'll see what new things Astra has touched <laughs> since and, then. And we will continue um, just name dropping you in every single one of our episodes. Yep. So just look mm-hmm. out for that. <laughs> as long as it's all good things, that's totally fine. So far it has of been, course. and of course it will be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, um, court is adjourned. We want to hear from you on the socials. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Take care, everyone.
Bouvier. <clears throat> Sorry. That was terrible. <laughs> See, this is the kind of stuff that gets cut in editing. It's okay. I love the <clears throat> blooper at the end. It's always great. <laughs> it's always me doing something really weird. 